Hey everyone, it's Avery Nesbitt, the host of Leading His Leaders. Hey, the episode you're about to watch is actually the December 2020 episode that came out shortly after filming it. Me and my entire family um, tested positive for COVID-19 and went through a several week recovery and healing journey. So we're praying for everyone who's currently in that journey now and taking care of others that are. But this episode could not be more perfect and the content could not be more timely. We speak with creator and author Robin Lucas, and she puts a very powerful period at the end of 2020 and gives us hope and a perspective to look forward to the next year. Um, so stay tuned. You're going to love it. And the January 2021 episode is going to come out at some point soon. So hopefully we'll see you guys um, on the podcast and join us on iTunes or Stitcher and you're going to love what's coming up next. Thanks, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the December edition of our monthly leadership podcast, Leading His Leaders. I'm your host, Avery Nesbitt. Hey, today I'm talking to someone really special. Usually I talk to people I've known for years and have all this history with. Um, today I'm talking to one of my wife's friends. I had to reach down into her group of people and pull out our guest for today. Um, let me introduce you to Robin Lucas. She is a mother. She is a survivor. She is a fighter. She is a creator. She's the author of Paper Doll. Robin, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Cool. Thank you for having me. Hey, so listen, this is going to be a really interesting talk because... Uh, this is a question that not only have I never asked anyone, but it's a question I don't think I've even ever heard. Um, and so yeah. you're the first one to get this wild end of the year, December 2020 question. All right. So okay. here's what I wanted to talk to you about. With the year that we've had, because okay, we've had quite a year, um, quite a year collectively as a, yes. <laughs> as a world, but also as individuals. It's just been, it's just been, it's been rough. It's been mm -hmm. good. It's been kind of everything in between. I want to ask you not the cliche question, like, what have you learned about yourself? Okay. Oh, step beyond that. And I want to ask you, as a mom, as a, as a sister, as a, as a writer, as a creator, as a person, mm -hmm. the year that we've had, what have you learned about us, about us as a nation, us as a, a community, us as families. Now, what have you learned about us, us all? And how does that change the way you interact? How does that change the way you engage? How does that change the way you lead through different situations? Mm, oh boy. All right. So this is only 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is about. All right. So 2020. It's been a long year. I mean, it's been a long couple of years in 2020. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a decade. Yeah. Uh, but I've learned so much about myself, about the kids, about their schools, about the amazing people within their schools. Um, you know, the church, the, the, our state, <laughs> you know, we live in Georgia and it, and it flipped. Um, about the country, you know, about the racial reckoning that's going on. I think that 2020 more or less, um, 
it gave us a pause, you know, being in quarantine, it just made us sort of pause. We literally paused the entire world, took a deep breath and stopped. And in that stopping, I think it generated a lot of thinking and it generated a lot of self-reflection. So people were able to, you know, unfortunately we had experienced some deaths as a nation um, as far as police violence and as far as brutality and stuff like that. Um, And I think in that pause, it gave people, it gave people the sense that the status quo is no longer good enough. The status quo has never been good enough, but I think more so in 2020 because of that self-reflection, because of that time to where we've just not had all the external, you know, go, 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 go. I think that it was really important for a lot of people just to stop with the status quo, you know, the status quo when it comes to politics, the st- you see the re- record turnout that we've had. Um, it was crazy. You know, people are just ready for a change. They're ready for a new status quo, a new, a new sort of level of living. Um, I remember at the beginning of the year, you know, every single pastor has to have a, a nifty little saying when it comes to uh, the year turning over, <laughs> you know, 2020, the year of vision. Everybody was having little goggles and the glasses and all that. Of vision. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Everybody had that. Um, but I don't think it was a, a year of vision. I think it was a year of realization, more or less, as opposed to vision and seeing. It was just more seeing in the sense of seeing in our subconscious, you know, that it's not enough. What we're going through is not enough. You know, the way that we operate as a nation, it's not enough. You know, the way that we operate as a community, it's not enough. You look at the food banks and the record of people who've had to go to food banks and you finally see that, okay, there is a problem with hunger and it's not just inside of a pandemic. You know, we have hunger outside of the pandemic we have children who go to school without food we have families who don't who don't have food on a regular basis there's food deserts there's there's all these problems that have just been kind of magnified yep. in a sense through the quarantine but in the same regard there have been people who've solved problems you know you see like chef i think andra's and he just comes in and him and his team just come in and they solve they problem after problem after problem after problem. Someone's hungry. He's going to feed them. You know, but on the community side, you've seen organizations pop up left and right. I think that we've had a record number of um, 501c3 applications this year because people realize that in their silence, in their quiet sort of self-reflection way, they see the problem and now they know they can do something about it. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited for 2021. I know that we've lost almost 300,000 Americans um, to COVID. It's a horrible thing. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking the amount of families that have been affected by COVID-19, you know, um, not just through the deaths, but through the illnesses, you know, through the people being hospitalized and being put on ventilators and just losing their jobs and just everything. Um, but I've seen me personally, I've seen a lot of solutions being, being created. 
you know, I've seen just a record amount of people just helping and just realizing that, hey, your neighbor, the person that you probably never talked to before, you actually said hi to them because you know that they're struggling just as much as you are. Period. You know, the mom that you just sort of drive through with the at the whole, you know, car line and you're just like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you no. know, you see her now in the store and you guys sort of just sort of nod like, yeah, virtual school has been hard. It's It's been hard. There's that solidarity. There's that kind of sense of us as far as I get you now, you get me. We both have the same struggle. Um, and I know that we have a lot of division here and I know that we have a lot of um, people, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, but I, I don't think that there's as much division as, as the news makes it out to seem. I think that on a more micro level, there are people with good, kind hearts who feel what each other is going through. And, um, on that sense, I think that, um, I think we're going to be okay. I think 2021, you're going to see some really incredible things pop up even more and solutions finally solutions (laughs) on the federal level to problems that we've been facing you know whether it's homelessness um uh, hunger you know stuff like that so that's good it's a new vision it was a new realization Mm -hmm. something that you you said i want to just maybe just poke at for you know the next couple minutes that we're on are those solutions are those differences in how we're treating each other? You know, the the mom that's, or the, the people that see each other in the grocery store, the neighbors who maybe they're talking at the mailbox now instead of just passing and mm-hmm. um, the people that all decided maybe I should vote. All, you know, all of these awakening moments of the realization of what's always been there. Why now? Why not before it got bad? Um, and and why did it take so long, in your opinion, for it to stay bad? If 2020 taught us anything, it's not that things can go bad; it's that things can stay bad and get and get worse. What what is your feeling of what brought on the sudden realization, and why this late in the game for people to sort of lift their head, wake up? I'll be honest with you, we're busy. Mm. We as a society, we favor the 40 hour work week. Yeah. We favor the go, go, go hustle mentality 24 seven. I'll sleep when I I'm dead kind of mentality. You know, um, we favor that. That's just what we do as Americans, right? Pull it up by the bootstraps, work our butts off, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle till you die. Um, we had a chance collectively as a whole worldwide globe. Um, to stop. We stopped, you know, people Netflixed, people took Zoom calls for the first time. They were in their drawers and they had jackets on, you know, to pretend like they actually knew what they were, they were working. Um, we had parents home with their kids who may not have usually been home with their kids. Um, we've had soldiers not be deployed. So they're home with their families. Um, you know, we we've had a lot of time for that reflection. And in that pausing, I don't know about you, but for me, 
I was able to still my mind. I mean, yeah, I dealt with anxiety. Yeah, I low-key freaked out when I couldn't find toilet paper. Um, It was rough, you know, but there was still this weird sense of calm when I closed the door and it was just me and the kids and the outside world was the outside world and the inside, our home was just our sanctuary and our safety net. And we had to rely on each other and we had to come closer together. We had to figure out how to communicate even better than we did. Than we did. Um, so we didn't murder each other. We had to figure out boundaries with each other, with each other's space, with each other's time. Um, and I think in doing that, it gave me personally, and I know a few other people, it gave them some time to just really look inward and realize I don't need to be working 60 hours a week. I don't need to kill myself. The job will be there. And for some people, the job is not there. I lost my job in May. I did. I I worked my butt off and I lost my job still in May because of COVID. Um, And that taught me, you know, I'm okay. I will be okay no matter what. But also, it's okay not to kill myself when it comes to working. And I think that a lot of people finally caught that. Um, I know it's been rough, you know, parents at home working, parents at home homeschooling, you know, you have a certain thing with the teachers and they have to go, 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 go. Um, It's almost like trauma bonding in a sense with your neighbor, you know, (laughs) you're going through your own thing and it's freaky. And then you see your neighbor and you're just like, I get you. (laughs) We're there. (laughs) You know, you just do kind of a collective nod. And then the nod goes to, hey, do you need anything? I got extra toilet paper. Can I bring you over a roll? You know, um, I met my neighbors this year. Never spoke to them before. And I'm I'm ashamed to admit that. But it is true. And now, I mean, I brought her a mask when she needed a mask. And she's a teacher. Um, and we meet in our little yard. <laughs> and we talk over the fence. And um because we still needed that connection. You know, at the end of the day, we're in quarantine, but we still need people. Um, And I think a lot of people found that, you know, that was kind of the thing that was missing in in our lives. Yeah, we have technology. Technology is amazing. My kids love technology. I love technology. Um, But you forget that sense of humanity and connectedness. I wonder if that dynamic, the way you describe that with the, the kids, and you've got older kids, right? So you don't have yes, little. Yes, I have teenagers. Teenagers. So the, the being in the house together all day, out of nowhere. All day. All day. That, that takes a learning. Oh, I didn't know you liked that. Oh, them. yeah. I didn't know you, you did that. And now you're in this space. But in that space, you're saying you had to say, okay, if we're going to get through this, I need mm-hmm. to learn. I need to learn me. Yeah. I wonder. The whole nation did. All of a sudden, you I think so. And go, well, if we're going to do this, I should probably figure out who you are. Yeah. Figure out who I am. Um, I feel like what happened at the Lucas house was probably a, a picture of what was happening everywhere. And even through some of the, the social justice pieces, I think yeah. some of awakening that realization that you're saying, we saw things that you yeah. couldn't see because we weren't doing anything else. Um. That's a really good way to uh, just sort of describe that. It wasn't a vision problem because it's always been there. But yeah. we're all here looking at each other going, that's how y'all been living? Yeah. yeah. That's how we've been living. So parting shot, 
This is my, my favorite question. I do the okay. parting shot question. What would you say to the person? We'll put it in this context. What, what would you say to the person who is just realizing? They're just looking around and going, oh, wow, this has always been here. You, you, you've, you've made it through and there's joy in your voice. There's expectation in your voice. I can tell that you are looking forward to there being a positive change. What do you say to the person that isn't quite there yet? How do they get to where you are in the midst of what's happening? Okay, I can answer that. May, the end of May, I'm a single mom. I went through a really hard divorce. Um, there was abuse involved. There was a restraining order involved um, against my husband because of the abuse. Um, I was on my own, you know, mm. May hit. And with my single income, it was lost. Mm. I did not know where anything was going to come from. I did not know um, how I was going to survive. Um, it took me a few days to kind of get over the gut punch because that that's what it was. This year was a gut punch for many people. Um, but it took me a few days to get over the gut punch and I had to still get up. I had to still take a shower. I had to still figure out my next step. Um, because at the end of the day, you can't just stay down. You know, you can't give up. And I know that it's really easy for me to say that because I'm on sort of on the other side of it. Um, but in my head, I knew that I couldn't stay where I was um, in that headspace. So I would probably tell someone who's, who's struggling because there's hundreds of thousands of Americans right now that are out of work, period. Um, it's hard. It's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It is hard. It is tough. Um, but at the end of the day, there's nothing that could take you out. There's nothing that could stop the fire and the flame that's inside of you to want different, to want better, to want your kids to want better, um, to have that hope. I mean, I think one thing that we have as a nation um, and I can't talk for other nations because I haven't lived in other countries. Um, and I know that America has a bunch of crap going on. I mean, today is, is the anniversary of wounded knee, you know, where, where hundreds, hundreds of children and women were massacred. Um, indigenous women and children were, were massacred. And I, I know the slave trade and all that. Um, but I think one thing that's the pinnacle of America is hope. People hoped for a different, a different life. They hoped for, you know, a new world. They hoped for a change. Um, you know, slaves hoped for freedom. You know, in the 60s, they hoped for civil rights. Um, you know, the LGBTQIA community hoped for or hopes for equality. Women hope for equality. I think the underlying foundation of this nation is hope. And for 2020, 2021, you know, going forward in your life, if you don't have that hope, if you don't have that sense of there is something better that will happen, um, you got to find it. You, you have to have that hope. I mean, I know it's, it's hard and it, and it hurts and it, it sucks, but there's hope there. There is. That's so good. That is so 
good. Robin, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Best 15 minutes I've spent all day. Yay! <laughs> thank well, thank you and give Didi a hug for me. Sure will. Hey, for everyone um, watching and listening, thank you for joining us for this month. You can join us on leadingsleaders.com for additional content. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Hey, hopefully we something we've said today helps you as you are leading as leaders. Bye, everyone. <laughs>